Hi, I'm Amanda, and it is what it is. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to It Is What It Is. I'm Amanda, your host, and I'm back. I uh, haven't put on an episode since May. Kind of unexpectedly took the summer off. Really just been living life. Uh, Summer's been pretty crazy, pretty busy. Did a lot of really fun things. I've been to New Jersey, the Jersey Shore, Louisiana, Florida, Tennessee, North Carolina, I played with bubbles on the beach. I went tubing down a river. I met most of my boyfriend's family. Spent a lot of time in nature. Saw Kevin Hart with some of my favorite people. Uh, I was in the same place with two of my very best friends for the first time in a really long time. And it's not over. Um, The day this episode comes out, I'll be playing in the sunflowers and wildflowers with Tori and her niece. And then next weekend, I'll be on a cruise to the Bahamas that got delayed a bunch of times because of COVID. And on top of that, I have continued with my healing journey. I am still in therapy weekly. I'm still going to my ACA meetings. I've had some really painful realizations. I've had to set some pretty strong boundaries. And I'm really proud of myself. There's uh, a lot of things coming to an end and a very big new beginning. (laughs) right around the corner. Uh, I really, really appreciate those of you who have stuck around, those of you who have asked me when another episode is coming, and that continued support really means so much to me. Uh, Yeah, so I'm getting ready to turn the page in the story of my life. Uh, I think a lot of us are. I think many of us have been in the void for a while now, sort of in this in-between space. We're not who we were, but not quite who we're going to be. And uh, I have been or will be letting go of a lot of things that I've held on to for a really long time, well beyond their expiration date. Uh, Relationships, ways of defining myself, um, and my career, among other things. And I've been thinking about a way to sort of honor all of that and honor um, what the past almost two years of my life has been for me. And so I decided to write a letter to myself, specifically the version of me that left my ex-husband at the end of 2020, the version of me that had no idea how things were going to work out but knew she couldn't stay where she was at and knew that she couldn't continue living the way that she was living. And I, I feel a similar feeling now and I want her to know that things worked out. She took a massive leap and 
I am about to take a massive leap. And so I suppose in some ways this will be for her. It's mostly for her. But I think it will also serve as a reminder for current me. A reminder that the universe will catch you when you show up for yourself in really big ways. But before I do that, as always, a book poll. And I've decided on fresh piece today. So let's see. All right. Maybe maybe one day you heard an inner voice saying to you, be a warrior, and you misheard this as be a worrier. In your obedience, you became a worrier. You fell into the illusion that your worrying is actually helpful. Friend, it is not. Your focus, desire, and action create your beautiful life. Worrying is the fungus that grows over surfaces and infiltrates cracks, diminishing what should be beautiful, weakening your foundation. Time to correct the word. Be a warrior. Blow on the flame of your true spirit so that it grows into a forging fire. Place your fear in that immense heat. Turn it into a spear of faith. Walk in faith, not fear. Stand straight up and strong, your own holiness, your puppeteer. Walk like a free horse, regal and sure. Open your chest and breathe like the sky. You know what needs to be done this day. You can feel it. Now do it. Do what a warrior does to make life and home beautiful. Assert your strength. Cast your spear in light. You hold an awesome power. Be that today. Tomorrow, worry will be a shrinking obsolescence. That's a good word. Wilting from your neglect. And the warrior in you, a newborn, strengthened on the milk of your corrected word and ready to walk in beauty. Be a warrior. Sentry for your own persistent peace. That's fitting. I really love that. Um, yeah. Just taking a minute to soak that in. All right. So just a disclaimer. This is my first time reading this letter out loud. And I anticipate that it will be a different experience than just reading it silently. Uh And I'm going to honor whatever experience that I have. So here we go. A letter to myself. Dear Amanda, first of all, I want to give you a massive hug and tell you that I'm so indescribably proud of you. You are so much stronger than you know, so much stronger than you ever give yourself credit for. What you're doing is so brave, even though it may not feel that way to you now. Your marriage made you feel like you had to earn love, like you were working towards something that wasn't actually attainable. And you were right. It wasn't. Not because you weren't worthy of love, but because you were seeking that love from someone who was not capable of giving it to you. I know you wanted all of your effort to be acknowledged and appreciated, and it rarely was. I know how hard you tried and how badly you wanted it to work out. I see you. I appreciate you. I love you. And I want you to know that everything is always working out exactly as it's meant to, even when it feels unbearable, frightening, and devastating. I can still remember some of the thoughts that you're currently having swirling around in your brain. You're thinking that you don't like who you've become. You're thinking that it will never get better than this for you. 
You're thinking that you failed and you were never enough for him. You're thinking that you can't imagine your life without Jamie in it. And you have no idea what, if anything, comes next. And then sometimes you think there must be more to life than this. This can't be what love really is and what life really is. I'm here to tell you that things unfold in the most beautiful way after you leave him. And even though I know you won't believe it, I want to share with you some of the things that have happened since you left. Some of these things may be hard to hear, but do me a favor. Stick around until the end and know that I have loved you throughout each and every stage. In the days leading up to you leaving, you received a decent amount of money after selling my mom Fran's house. You paid off your credit card debt almost immediately, the debt you accumulated trying to maintain a certain lifestyle for Jamie, a lifestyle you thought would keep him around and keep him happy. By the way, his happiness was never your responsibility. He had things to resolve that no amount of love, money, or stuff was going to fix. Anyway, this left you with half of what you had originally. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There's nothing left. You spent it all. You actually get yourself back into debt. More than once. But this time you were trying to fill the massive void inside of you with stuff, and it doesn't work. You pulled money out of retirement. Your parents helped you more than once. You even got some help from Tina one time. Stick with me, remember? This isn't the whole story. You learn from this, and you'll realize why you had to have these experiences. During the first few months after you leave, you throw yourself into your art, your cards, your spirituality. You get your nose pierced. It gets infected, and you pierce it again once it heals. You still have it now, actually. Can you believe that? You cut off a bunch of your hair, the hair that you were afraid to cut because he liked it long. Afraid not because you were in danger, but because he might not like you as much and go find someone else again. You get a massive tattoo on your forearm. Becca and Regina get married, and it's around this time that you start to let yourself flirt with the idea that there is a love like that out there for you. You realize as you watch two of your best friends promise each other forever that you aren't bitter, you aren't jealous, you aren't angry or resentful. You aren't wondering why everyone around you can be loved for exactly who they are. Or everyone but you can be loved for exactly who they are. You have a sense that it will soon be your turn. And what you don't realize in that moment is that person is the person you need to love. Hold on. <laughs> and what you don't realize in that moment is that the person you need to love you for, for you exactly as you are the most is you. That. Anyway, shortly after you, after this, you find yourself in a relationship. You think he's the one. You get really wrapped up in the story of meeting Mr. Right after ending your marriage with Mr. Wrong. Things with him get really serious really fast, but then your body, body starts to tell you that this is not the relationship for you, that you don't feel safe. You have panic attacks regularly, and they get worse each time. For a while, you wonder what is so wrong with you that you can't allow this seemingly nice man to love you. You agonize over it. You feel like you have been broken beyond repair and cannot even be open to love when it finds you. But you are not broken, and there is nothing wrong with you. You come to realize that you didn't love him. You just didn't want another failure under your belt, especially not right after your marriage ended. You realize shortly after you got together that he dropped all of his hobbies to be available to you at all times. You felt like he was telling you everything you wanted to hear, which might sound nice to you now, but I promise you it's not. 
Surprisingly, this relationship allows you to experience the avoidant side of an anxious avoidant relationship. It allows you to experience yourself in a way and what it would be like to be with someone who's anxiously attached. And ultimately, you realize that you were abandoning yourself for a relationship again, just in a different way. I'm sure this is disappointing to hear, but I want you to know that you learned so much from this relationship, so much about yourself and what you want your relationships to be like. It was absolutely a necessary experience. Let's see, what else? You and Tori reconcile, and your friendship is the best it's ever been. You have several conversations where you really hear each other out, and you realize that underneath all the drama and misunderstanding was a whole lot of love. This is when you start to realize that your adult relationships can look a lot different when they're built on mutual respect, being mindful of each other's emotional capacity and availability, and making space for each other to truly be heard. You start to realize that many of your relationships don't have that same foundation, and that's something you want to change. These are just some of the things that you experience. I want most of it to be a surprise. This is the period in your life where you start to find your voice and your self-worth. You start to communicate your needs. You start to trust yourself and set clear boundaries. You start to realize the different roles you've played throughout your life and that those roles don't align with who you're trying to be. You realize that your marriage was not the first time you were seeking something from someone who could not give it to you. You realize their inability to give you those things didn't have anything to do with whether or not you deserve them and everything to do with their emotional unavailability and unresolved traumas. You start to challenge yourself, stepping outside of your comfort zone. You realize that you're bisexual and you have been for a really long time, although this is something you mostly keep to yourself. You start to get honest about your finances and realize that it wasn't just you being bad with money. It was a form of self-harm and self-sabotage, a way to create chaos for yourself and keep yourself small. You start doing things alone and realize that you genuinely enjoy your own company. You start to care more about what you want than what other people might think. You start to think more about what could go right than what can go wrong. You start wanting and expecting more for yourself. And best of all, you start to love yourself unconditionally. I want to remind you of another version of you. The version of you that existed in the middle of 2020. The version of you that was really committed to herself, especially her physical health. The version of you that lost 50 pounds pretty effortlessly. The version of you that looked in the mirror and started to see someone who would not put up with the things that were happening in her marriage. Someone who was putting herself before everyone and everyone and everything else. Someone who was stepping into her power. I want you to know that the fact that you weren't ready to fully step into that power doesn't mean you failed. It just means you weren't ready and that's okay. I can tell you that this version of you, the one that exists in September of 2022, she's ready. She's been working on it. It has been and will will continue to be a process. And the weight that you carry, that I carry, it's not weight. It's trauma. And it gives us a place to hide. I just wanted you to know that even though you weren't ready then, you will be soon. And I believe that ending your marriage was the catalyst that got this process started. It was a bold statement to the universe that you wanted more for yourself, even though you didn't know that was the statement you were making at the time. Just a few more things before I close. As the version of you who lived through the last nearly two years and is getting ready to make another massive leap, I want you to know that you're capable of making decisions for yourself. 
There's no right or wrong, just options. Options that have you stepping onto one of many available timelines. I want you to know that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail because failure isn't quite as serious as we're led to believe. Our experiences are not good or bad. They just give us more information. I want you to know it's okay to not know what to do. It's okay to not have a plan. It's okay to change your mind and it's okay to ask for help. You don't have to do everything alone and doing so doesn't actually give you any more control over the situation. It just makes you lonely and resentful. I want you to know that you are just as worthy of love at your worst as you are at your best. And when you feel unlovable, just know that I love you. I always will. You are surrounded by an army of all the versions of you that have existed and have yet to exist. We are all rooting for you. We are all proud of you. We all love you. It's time to figure out who you really are. It is now safe to figure out who you really are and live as that version of yourself. You're full, messy, funny, emotional, creative, passionate, inquisitive, nature-loving, weird, witchy, wonderful, woo-woo self. I love you, Amanda. So I had shared with my therapist that um, I wrote this letter. I didn't, I didn't read it to her, but I hit the highlights and she encouraged me to sort of sit with uh, what came up for me reading it. And I'm, I'm overwhelmed but in a good way. I, uh, as I'm packing up and uh, going through my things, getting rid of things, I, uh, this period of my life has been um, one of the most transformative so far. I've done a lot of work I've done a lot of healing. I've learned a lot about myself and about my life and about what I want my life to be like moving forward. Um, and I know that I don't give myself enough credit for all the things that I've done. And so I guess this letter was a, a way to do that and a way to sort of pay tribute to the version of me who got the ball rolling on this whole thing. Uh, because I had started healing and going to therapy um, a few months before I left him. But leaving opened up so much more space and being in my own apartment opened up so much more space. Uh, I remember having an experience where it was shortly after I moved in here and I was, I was doing breath work. And after the fact, I realized that I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, I noticed that I'm self-conscious about whether or not I 
have brought this up on the podcast before, but who cares? Um, yeah, I just realized that, you know, the dogs would have been barking or his video games would have been loud or I wouldn't have felt safe to, to have my full experience. Um, like I was able to in, in my own space without anyone else there, especially without him there. Um, you can't heal fully in, in the same environment that's made you sick because as long as you stay in it, you're still sick to, to some degree. And, um, yeah, it just, it, I've been trying to connect with, uh, emotions more, my emotions. I notice that when someone asks me how I feel, I'll say, I feel like this, or I feel like that, but it's, it's not, I'm describing it. Not that that's wrong. I just, uh, I want to be able to identify how I'm feeling better. And so I'm working on that. And so I think what I'm going to do here is pull up handy dandy feelings wheel. And if you're not familiar with the feelings wheel, I recommend it. Um, it is essentially the, um, sort of basic emotions and there's a couple different versions, but it sort of breaks them down into smaller parts. So like the one I'm looking at now, um, in the middle of the wheel, sad, mad, scared, joyful, powerful, peaceful. And then the next layer of the wheel breaks it down even further. So Joyful is broken down into excited, sensuous, energetic, cheerful, creative, hopeful. And then the last wheel breaks it down even further. Actually, I don't like this one. I'm going to pick a different one. Uh, this one. So I like the ones where it uh, breaks it down in the middle and then the last one, it breaks it down even further. So um, let's, let's give an example here. So for angry, this one starts in the middle. I'm all over the place, but this one starts in the middle and it has fearful, angry, disgusted, sad, happy, surprised. Bad, is that what that says? Anyway, so to give an example, angry can be broken down further into let down, which is then broken down again into betrayed or resentful. Or fearful can be broken down into rejected, which can be further broken down into excluded or persecuted. And again, there's several different versions of this. Um, 
I like the ones where it breaks it down further into two separate things. Um, all right, so now I'm going to use this to identify how I'm feeling right now after reading that letter. Um, so let's see. I feel happy, optimistic, hopeful, and inspired. I feel peaceful, loving, and thankful. I feel powerful. I feel courageous. I feel proud and confident. I feel free and content. I feel a little anxious, overwhelmed. I feel um, I don't see it on here, but I do feel some grief. Uh, I just feel I feel very proud of her, but I also feel very sad for her. And not not that I pity her. Um, I just... I remember being that version of myself and really feeling like once we got married that everything was going to be okay. And it wasn't. And... I feel sad that the experience or the experience is really um, that go along with getting married and engaged uh, feels like I got a little robbed, you know, in some ways. Uh, again, I've said this on the podcast. I'll, I'll keep saying it because it's one of the most helpful things that I have learned that really, that I, that I use daily to remind myself, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that more than one thing can exist at the same time. And so, um, I would not change anything. I'm really grateful for a lot of the experiences that I had, uh, picking out my wedding dress with my best friend. The wedding itself was really great. Great wedding. Just a shit marriage. Um, there were a lot of really great experiences that I got to have, and I'm sad that those experiences were not had with the person I ended up with. Um or that I, that I didn't stay with the person I had those experiences with. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I will put a link to the feelings wheel in the show notes so that you can look at that for yourself sometime if you feel called to do so. Um, it's just the wheel itself has been helpful 
to better understand my experiences um, and the emotions that come for me, come up for me, the emotions that come for me, the emotions that come up for me as I process these things and work through these things. Um, so yeah, that's what I've got for today. And I have a lot of plans for this podcast. Uh, I think it has been and will continue to be a big part of my healing. Uh, I'm considering this letter to myself thing becoming sort of a series, not, not in succession, but just in the future as I'm working through things uh, to write letters to different parts of myself and Maybe about two years from now, I'll write a letter to this version of myself. And um, yeah, I've got a lot of plans. I've got a lot of people I want to have on. And I am excited and a little nervous, a little anxious, Uh, which one of the ways to break down anxious is worried and I would like to be a warrior and not a worrier, as that passage said. So yeah, I'm rambling. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh, haven't done this since May, so I gotta get back into my into my stride a little bit. But you will hear from me again very soon, and. Um, Shout out to Jess Walker for the cover art. Shout out to Doug Halliday for the music. Shout out to 2020 me. And shout out to all of you that continue listening and supporting. Um, And if you could, I would super appreciate a five-star review. And that will help me reach more people and help more people because that is what I believe I'm here to do, to help myself and help others in the process. So that's what I got. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you next time.